0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm not a betting guy, but for y'all that are, there's Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new, updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Believe in Kentucky on the Believe Podcast Network, number one podcast network for professionals. My name is Vinny Hardy. Got a good friend and a great guest on here. Can drop all kind of knowledge. We're going to hit Kentucky volleyball first and then round it out with the rest of the sports. We got my man Hunter Mitchell on here from Go Big Blue Country. What's going on, Hunter?
1: Hi, Vinny? How you doing, man?
0: man can't complain i'm doing good appreciate you taking time spur the moment out of your evening to hop on here and and, and drop some knowledge man
1: absolutely you know i'm always ready to talk volleyball anytime you want you can you can call me at two in the morning and i'll be there i
0: appreciate it and look you aren't lying you've been there from the jump a lot of us paid more attention with the title run you know some of us will watch the tournament runs and then last year You know, the basketball team didn't have a tournament and and everybody was kind of looking for a March Madness fix and everybody jumped in and was checking things out. You've been there for years, every year, every match. So, you know, it was nothing new for you. You just had a lot more novice volleyball fans along for the ride last year, right? been talking about Balance 7 for several episodes of the podcast now. Remember, that's for weekend warriors, for older athletes who might have little wear and tear on the body. Uh, we talked about Lamar Odom, how he's trying out for Pal Gasol's pro basketball team there in Spain. Balance 7 is helping in that process. It's a pH-balancing alkaline supplement drink. It's like vitamins or supplements in liquid form. Take one ounce three times a day, and in a week, you'll be able to see the effects. You can see how Balance 7 has helped. And right now, if you go to Balance7.com and use the promo code BELIEVE, you get $10 off that 32-ounce bottle. The bottle lasts 11 days which is the perfect amount of time to feel the ph balancing drink go to work again that's balance7.com and use the code believe at checkout work for lamar or work for him but work for you too
1: yes sir and it, it took a lot longer to finish see i was writing for a lot longer usually i'm done writing by december so i was writing well into april i wasn't used to that
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Pretty- and you moved made a move recently to go big blue country. We both we both were at Cameron Mills Radio mm-hmm. at the same time and got to meet at the end of the year, you know, appreciation parties that Cam would throw. And now you moved over with, with Sean and go Big Blue Country. So how's that going?
1: It's, it's gone well, you know, I, I think once Cameron got married and, and settled into married life a little bit, it was just a lot of work, you know, keeping up with a, a radio show and having to plan for that and, and, you know, keeping up with the website and having to get credentialing through and all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I could kind of tell that he was just loving family life and I loved that for him. Um, and even just because of the fact that he had had to kind of gone on to that, I was having to shoulder more responsibility just in terms of getting credentialing set and figuring out scheduling and all that. So that was just a lot of my plate when I work another full-time job. So, you mm. know, I think we kind of just decided, you know, this is kind of what's best. Cameron always kind of built up, you know, that, that, that show with the intention that the people that would join his staff would go on to have, you know, bigger and better things and, and even bigger opportunities. So. Um, when we had the conversation he kind of just said you know that was my plan and I'm I I want you to move on to something that's a better opportunity for you so I'm in full support of it and and go for it Um, so love my time at Cameron Mills Radio it's one of the fondest memories that I have of my life especially in college Um, but I'm very excited to be with Sean Sean's an awesome dude him and Keely both have become some of my best friends and I'm shooting their wedding next year whenever they get married so um, just having a lot of fun with them absolutely
0: yeah yeah and you know, same thing. We had Cameron on this podcast and he you know he's always said that. You know, if I want you to go on and do other things and you, yeah. you've you done that and, and I've been able to do that and, and you know, he's enjoying married life and you could tell he's 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 invested and, and, and happy. We're all happy for him. We sure absolutely. are absolutely absolutely now this year before we go into this year with, with this year's volleyball team, defending champs, just go back for us to opening night, where they got the banner, where they got the trophy uh, at Memorial Coliseum. Just what was that like? Like I mentioned, for y'all listening, Hunter has really been on the journey following Coach Skinner's club for years. So what was it like to see see the banner and see him get the recognition as for the accomplishment for last year's title?
1: It was crazy. It's so funny because when they won that title last year, I couldn't remember how many people were congratulating me. Like I was on the coaching staff or like I was a player. I'm like, you all I have no connection to the team. I don't write for Kentucky. You know, I, I just write about them, you know, it. and and, and it's funny because I did feel a little bit of that, like pride and, and like all that kind of stuff. And and we try our best to be by or unbiased journalists and all that kind of stuff. And that's how I was taught, taught at Kentucky and in my journalism major and all that kind of stuff. But You know, when I was a kid, my dream was to be a sports photographer that, you know, I I remember having a computer class and they said, I want you to make a presentation in PowerPoint on what your dream job is. And that that was what I did. I did sports photography. And so when I got to Kentucky and I joined the student newspaper, the very first sport that I ever photographed was volleyball. I didn't know anything about the sport. Mm -hmm. You know, my sister had played very loosely in, in high school or in club. Um, but I wasn't interested in going to her games when I was a senior in high school. You know, like I had no interest in that. Um, So it's not like I had this background in it. I just kind of went and and shot it. And and volleyball is a very difficult sport, not only to watch, but even more so to photograph. It's so fast. And so I remember like being overwhelmed when I first shot it, but loving every minute of it. Um, And I remember that, that, that night I didn't, after that night, I never missed another match that, that season. I remember texting my editor every time he would say who wants volleyball. And it was like, Oh, I do, I do. And I was the first one to respond. And so that's kind of where those ties go to. Yes. I went to Kentucky. So I do have some you know kind of waning interest and I want, I want Kentucky to do well, but it was more just, I'm a fan of the sport and I have this kind of sentimental attachment to something that kind of launched my career in sports photography. Um, and, and so to see them win that, it, it was again, that, I was on some podcasts even before the NCAA tournament started last year, and I was asked, you know, what do you think this team's ceiling is? And I was naive, and I said elite eight. Like I, even I, because of of the the condensed schedule and and that we only had, you know, the SEC play, I wasn't sure how good the team was really, because I hadn't seen them play at Wisconsin, at Wisconsin in the non conference, or seen them play at a number five Louisville. You know, I I, I couldn't gauge where they were in terms of the rest of the nation. I was watching them beat up on an sec that frankly just wasn't great last year. They had moments where there was some, some strength, but I mean, it was Florida and Kentucky above everybody else. And and that was just kind of what it was. And so I I knew they had youth. I knew they were kind of a a hybrid team where yes, they have the seniority with Madison Lilly and and Gabby Curry and Avery Skinner, but they also had a lot of youth and, and Maddie Skinner playing on the right side. And, Johnny Teeler is a sophomore playing in the middle for the first time in her entire life. And Eleanor Bevan, or not Eleanor Bevan, excuse me, Elise Getzinger playing in the middle as a freshman. Um, So I knew they had a lot of youth and they were going to have to figure out, you know, how to navigate that and and kind of blend that together. Um, But to, to watch them, I, I knew when they got the path they got that it was like, volleyball, I always say in, in, in volleyball seating is more important than even in basketball, which is, it's hard to believe because basketball, you need a seed that's so well, because there are four number ones, you have more opportunities to get a favorable path, right? You can be a number one in all these different regions and you can have a path to the final four that's favorable, but in, in volleyball, because only 16 teams out of the whole field get seated. If you're one of those top four, you can literally play for a chance to go to the final four on your home court in volleyball, which is an insanity. So, you know, when I saw that, They got one of those top four seeds. Obviously, they didn't get the home court advantage because of COVID, but the pathing I mean, just where you're playing UNLV, WKU, Purdue, all those teams are very good, very talented. And, and, you know, I think all of them may have one of their, I'm not sure about UNLV. Um, Purdue definitely didn't win their conference, but they were in the Big Ten and they were battling all these teams right up there all year long. So they were all good teams in their own right, but certainly better than playing, you know, a Nebraska in the second round like they've been getting or a Washington. Um, which has been knocking Kentucky out in the past. So um, it, it was definitely, it was a crazy, and this is a long answer to your question, but it was just, it was such a cool moment just to finally see that staff get to unveil that banner because I've seen, I've been covering this team now for seven, eight years. I've seen the hard work and, and, and what they put in. I've seen the end of the work, right? Like, I mean, when, when Craig got to this program 17 years ago, it was in shambles. I mean, the first year, the fact that he made it to the NCAA tournament was a massive accomplishment because this program was nothing um and so i've kind of hopped on the the train kind of towards the end of that hardship and and seen kind of the the beginning of this kind of golden era of kentucky volleyball if you will um but it it was a really cool moment and, and the the memorial was absolutely packed which was awesome um so it was a really cool thing to see for those girls and for that staff
0: absolutely and going back to you your first sport you shot you know as an aspiring sports photographer was volleyball did that help you become a better photographer because you got thrown into a sport that, whoa, this is harder. I thought, I, you know, basketball, baseball and whoa, here's volleyball, but this is what I want to do. But wow, it's so fast. Did that in a roundabout way, like sharpen your skill?
1: It definitely did, because I remember that same year having the same feeling when I stepped onto the floor of Rupp Arena and I looked up and I was like, I'm not just at rup i'm standing on the hardwood underneath the basket like this is incredible and and you know i remember thinking man basketball is fast but i wasn't even remotely overwhelmed because it was nothing compared to volleyball i shot so much volleyball that you know i i'm my my favorite picture from that first game ever was aaron harrison shooting a three in the, in the wing in the corner and it, it's like it happened in slow motion compared to what i had been used to shooting because he just kind of rose and then he had up there and then he followed through i mean i got it like every single stage of his jumper i got on camera because i was so used to how fast volleyball was Um, and and so it it helped me learn the game of volleyball too right I mean again I had no idea how positions worked i didn't know how people were attacking and the angles that you're going at and so i was kind of blindly shooting whereas now i can kind of guesstimate who's going to dig the ball and who's going to go up to attack it and who the, who the setter is going to set to based on the positioning so you know it's kind of a funny the way that that I, I evolved both as a photographer but even as a writer you know learning the sport and that kind of stuff um just from that very first match because yeah once i got to football and basketball they were a breeze after shooting volleyball for as long as i had
0: that is crazy but i i get it though because it is i mean even watching it you know and don't yeah. like man is it did it land in bounds out yeah. of bounds the play's how- over in about
1: it? 5 seconds yeah. yeah
0: like who got that point point? and i'm looking thinking you know maybe you know uh say wisconsin got the point and no kentucky yeah. celebrating oh how did yeah. I, you know oh. <laughs> and that's me? You, you got to
1: watch it a long time and then you'll finally start to notice like the ref in the corner of your eye and then the ball down here yeah it's it's funny it's funny how that works that's
0: me watching it much less trying to shoot it you know
1: absolutely absolutely
0: (laughs) and get website worthy shots so man (laughs) unbelievable absolutely so you fast forward to this season they're six and three um had a loss to Creighton had a loss to Louisville uh, and in between there a, a loss to Wisconsin is it is it going about the way you would expect with the departures and now they're the hunted with the target on their back as defending champs? Is it anything surprised you so far? Is this kind of like ah, this is this is like what I expected?
1: Believe it or not, I think it's going better than what I expected. Not that I thought this Kentucky team would be poor this year, not by any stretch of the imagination. I knew they had a lot of talent coming back and they had another good class coming in, but. I think it's, it's kind of hard and frustrating in one, in one respect because they got so many fans after winning that title, right? And then you come in this year, and if you don't know volleyball, if you've been following it, you're kind of like, dang it, they're six and three. That's kind of disappointing off the title year. But, you know, if you put it in context, you know, losing a setter in and of itself is, is such a hard thing to overcome because the connections with the, the hitters, um, you know, the way the offense is run, you know, the, the connection with even your, your passers and serve-receive, all of that is something that takes so much time to develop, right? And one of the things that Madison Lips, why she was so good. I mean, she was excellent her entire career, obviously, but one of the reasons why she was so good as a senior is that she had developed those connections with Avery Skinner and and Ali Stummler and and knew where Gabby Curry was going to place the ball for her. I mean, just on and on, you can go, you know, that connection was there. And so, I knew losing her was going to be a big loss and then losing her in conjunction with a libero who is, is the quarterback of the defense. It's like, you've lost your two quarterbacks. I mean, it, it's crazy how that works. And so I was a bit not worried is the wrong word, but I, I had a lot of questions cause I didn't know, you know, how is a freshman going to fit in? Are they going to go with a, a, a freshman? Are they going to go with a senior who's been there a while, but hasn't really played? Are they going to go with um, a senior libero and Lauren Farp? Or are they going to go with one of their freshmen and kind of train her for the future? You know, what's, what's kind of the, this next step for the program. And, and I think one of the biggest things that you're seeing with this team is that I think freshmen or, or young teams in the past, they would be more like five and four right now. Or or four and four and four or four and whatever the whatever the case may be by the time the non-conference is over. Because the talent has improved so much from a recruiting standpoint just in the last four, five, six years, now you're seeing a quote-unquote rebuild year is Kentucky going to the number two team in the country that is starting four and five seniors, some of which are graduate seniors and taking them to four probably should have taken them to five if not for a, a very bad and controversial ref call and going to Louisville who again starts three seniors of which are graduate seniors um, and going five with them were winning nine to seven in that fifth set. And they just kind of fell apart at the end. I mean, hmm. if you would have told me going into last night's match that Kentucky was going to finish with 31 hitting errors, I would have told you that Louisville was going to dominate them and beat them in four and, and they pushed them to five and almost won the game. I mean, it's just one of these things where I think, you know, if you look at it in context, there are some losses on the resume that Creighton loss, I think, is is one that does hurt them. Obviously, now Creighton is ranked after having won that game against Kentucky. They're still a good team. I'm not saying they're, it's, it was a bad loss by any means, but that's a win that if you win that now you're looking at it going, oh, man, you'd be the Creighton team that's now ranked and all that kind of stuff. It was home. So, you know, that's one that's kind of the anomaly there, but. I don't think any of these losses you can look at and say, that's a bad loss. You know, Kentucky is struggling. They have won the matches that they should have won. And all the matches that you looked at and thought, "Mm, you know, that could go either way or or they're probably going to get, you know, beat. And and frankly, with with Wisconsin, I thought they were going to get swept. I just, Wisconsin is so talented. They're so deep. They have so much seniority and a sold out crowd at Wisconsin is 7,500 people. I mean, it's it's bigger than what Kentucky is getting in NCAA tournament games. And this is a regular season game for Wisconsin. And, and, and volleyball is just so much bigger out there. So, you know, I commend them for being able to go four against that team and, and frankly should have gone fifth. And I know that moral victories are one of those things that, that coaches never want to talk about or fans don't want to hear. But I do think with this team, you have to to rely and lean on those moral victories because the fact that you have a young team doing what they're doing right now against some of these teams it should make you feel pretty good about where they're going come December. Um, they got another big test, obviously, on Sunday when they when they play Stanford, who again is ranked 16th. But probably, if let's say they if, let's say this game against Stanford was played on Monday, you know, where, where the new poll came out, Stanford would probably be. 11, 12, 13, because they just beat Nebraska, actually, who's number six in the country. Um, So I think this is another big challenge for them. Um, You got an SEC schedule now where you're playing Florida twice. You're playing a Tennessee team who's ranked this year. Um, There have been upsets by South Carolina. I think Ole Miss got an upset. Um, so this is going to be a really interesting conference schedule because while Kentucky is the favorite, there are still a lot of actually solid teams that should be as the league is improving. So um, I-, I think this non-conference while difficult, I-, I think Craig built it well because now he has this young team going through the absolute ringer right in time for a league that's improved a lot. Um, so I think there's a lot of, of positives to look at with this team.
0: And to your point about Wisconsin, I've flipped on big 10 network and caught a little bit of that one and, <laughs> there were there were four and five year old kids. There were 80, yeah. 90 year old women Hot. sitting there. I mean, Hot. all age range, and so they really they really dig it out there and get into it. They really do, yeah. absolutely. Now, looking at that Wisconsin game, and you can definitely you know the rosters is how's Kentucky like size wise? It looked like Wisconsin was a bigger, taller team. I we we all heard if if there was a drinking game last year in the title game teeler is 510. if we take a drink when they said that we all would have been you know plastered watching the match they made sure to let us know she was 510 every chance they could (laughs) was it a size difference between women wisconsin or was wisconsin just hitting it harder or the for the kill things what's the wisconsin's
1: their best player and their star middle blocker is six foot eight so you could say that when you're when you're looking at Dana Retke going up against a Johnny Teeler. Yeah. It's a bit of a mismatch. And that's why you're hearing she's only five ten people. And the, again, that's another point to how good a Johnny is. The fact that she's hanging with a Dana Ratke, right. And even last year, the fact that she's going up against Texas. And that's a big reason why you heard Paul Sunderland and Selima Rockwell saying that so many times in that tournament run. I saw some fans like we get it, like quit talking about it. But the reason they're saying that over and over again, is because like, if you know volleyball and you look at what she's doing against these teams like Texas and, and Purdue and Washington who have these physical, massive blocks at the net, it shows you how athletic Teeler is. I mean, she can mm. literally jump out of the gym. And, and um, you know, I, I did a feature story on her before the season started, and I talked to her for about 20 minutes. And, and, you know, she just talked about, she uses that size and motivation. If there's a bigger team than her, you know, she, she kind of goes in and says, well, I want to do better than you. I don't care if you're six foot four, I'm going to put like, I'm six foot five, you know? And so um, there was that size differential. And again, when you look at the youth on this team, Emma Grome is kind of an undersized setter. She's only, she's only five foot nine Whereas with Lily, I think she was five foot 10, five 11. Um, So you had a little bit more size there. And when you're looking at it again, Ajani being five foot 10, Um, there's definitely a little bit of, of, of size things that you kind of, of, of wonder about, but Kentucky has been so dynamic athletically the last couple of years that they've made up for it. Um, and I think that's another kind of, of, of room for Emma Grome to grow even is, and is just, you know, becoming a better blocking setter, which you can, blocking is one of the hardest skills to master in this sport. Um, so you can always be better at that. Um, But, I mean, even against Louisville last night, you saw what a good blocking team can do for you. Because I think when you look at it on paper, Kentucky is a better attacking and offensive team than Louisville is. I mean, we saw that, 31 hitting errors, and they're still going five sets with Louisville. They had more kills than Louisville. Emma Grome as a freshman had 55 assists. Louisville's setter is a senior and had 44. So Emma Grome as a freshman outplayed Louisville's setter. Mm. But the difference was when you have a a block like Louisville does, that's where you start to get, like, Title contention, right? And the reason Kentucky was was a, a fine blocking team last year, but they weren't Louisville, right? We didn't ever see Kentucky coming out with 15 block games. The difference was they had Madison Lilly, who kept opposing blocks off balance so much that so it didn't matter if they didn't have a block. um But I think that's going to be something that this team has to really work on: is finding ways to get those block touches so their back line can get more digs. And, and you know, they have some really good blockers. I mean, Nijani is a very talented blocker, and Craig has said that Reagan Rutherford playing on the right side is the best right side blocker that he's ever had, that he's ever coached. So they've got a lot of talent. I, I Like I said, it, it's just youth. It's just learning the, the speed of the game. It's it's learning how to play, you know, with with a new roster that, that's largely made up of freshmen and sophomores you're spending so much time trying to still solidify that connection with Emma Grome as the setter that I think that's taking up a lot of time as well. So um, there's a lot of things that are are a factor there, but like I said, I think it all kind of comes back to youth and just them kind of having to go through the reps and go, go through the, the fire, if you will, in this non-conference to get where I think that they can be by the end of the year. So
0: I don't know if this analogy is right, but I'll throw it out there because we'll talk a little football towards the end anyway, but, The fact that Kentucky six and three right now and not four and five and three and six, is that the equivalent of what we saw Saturday with Kentucky, you know, normally they lose to Missouri with the mistakes they made, they were on the verge of blowing them out and still won. is that kind of similar, you know,
1: I think it's a fair point because even we've talked about it before, you know. Kentucky football of old would have lost that game, right? We have, how many times did we see Kentucky almost beat Tennessee and they didn't, or almost beat Florida and they made a stupid play and they didn't do it, right? That's kind of the the way that you change a culture is you start to win those games. And now, whereas we saw several years ago where Kentucky is starting the season 0 and 3, or where they're starting the season, you know, 3 and 4 or or whatever, and then you're going to a conference play where you're playing the Floridas and all that kind of stuff, you're not seeing that. You're still seeing a team that is talented and and it's funny you look at this team with three losses my mom today she she kind of overreacts sometimes and she goes i just hope they make the tournament i'm like mom (laughs) what you have to understand is is the three losses on paper you see six and three and in your brain automatically goes like they're only three games above 500 like how can you be excited about that but they played two top five teams, both on the road in four days, Like any team in the country, like ask Texas to go do that. They might struggle. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you ask anyone in the country to go play two top five teams on the road in their own gyms. I mean, it's going to be a struggle. And you've asked one of the youngest teams in the country to do that. So um, I I don't think those losses are are unexpected. I don't think that they're out of character. Um, Again, if, if you go and you get, beaten like a drum for three sets you know in each match then i think it's a different conversation but the fact that we're seeing four set matches that maybe should have gone to five or five set matches that are neck and neck anybody can win it Mm -hmm. that's when you know i think there's a lot to be encouraged about and so i think it's a very good analogy i think it's it's Again, Craig has shifted and changed the culture of Kentucky volleyball and that's kind of you know what what, what this has been and it's what you know this kind of golden era like I said a minute a few minutes ago that's what's kind of changed is now you're seeing the elite recruiting classes you're seeing these teams not take as many unnecessary or, or should I say stupid losses where you'd look at it and go, at the end of the year how did you lose that and those are the kind of losses that in volleyball kill you because they prevent you from getting one of those four five six seeds and, and put you down closer to the 15 16 where you're playing nebraska in the second round and it's mm-hmm. like well we have no prayer you know that that's the kind of thing in volleyball that's why it's so important even more so than other sports maybe that you have to make sure that you don't take those unnecessary losses so
0: see so you got your dogs back there mo yeah, oh, they're, I, they're
1: fighting back here.
0: My wife has
1: sleep all night.
0: My wife has two cats and, you know, their food and stuff is up here in the office. So they're both pushing the door open and, and they're chasing each other. So yeah. same they thing. They always wait until you
1: hit record and then they start to do that. It's, they're on my couch now fighting. It's unbelievable.
0: It's impeccable how they do that. It's real. Yeah. It sure mm-hmm. is. yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of create coach Skinner, how is it look? and you know him well, you've, you've seen him on the sideline, you've seen his style the whole time. You know, always seems pretty stoic on the outside. And we, you know, we have had uh, Leah Edmond on my other podcast, Cast Talk Wednesday, that we had you on before. And, you know, they all know what's underneath the surface and what he's really like. So is he kind of taking everything in stride? He knew this would kind of be the way it would be, you know, going six and three and is you see you know not like blowing his top and losing his mind or he just kind of knows it's going to be a process or how, no
1: i i think he knew we asked him after that that kind of string of matches where they played the the bluegrass battle tournament where they played usc and Creighton. you and i you know you played six games you're five and one kind of what's your assessment you obviously lost to creighton this morning how have you thought he said if you had told me when the season started that we'd be five and one i would have been thrilled right i mean this is a young team the fact that that You know, even that even though they've beaten teams that haven't necessarily been ranked, you've still beaten a a Dayton team that went that that was in the NCAA tournament last year and pushed Washington to five sets. Um, You know, you beat them at Dayton you still be the USC team who plays in the pac 12 and goes up against the likes of an Oregon and a Stanford and all these big pac 12 teams. Um, you know, so I, I think the fact that you've still played and beaten some of those teams that while they don't have that ranking next to their name, they are still solid teams that can make a run for an NCAA tournament, and I think Dayton will make a run for that, that tournament. Um, so I, I I think that obviously he wants to win against Wisconsin and Louisville. I mean he's not going to say like, well if we lose I'm okay with it. Like he's right. obviously going to want to win that. But <laughs> I, I don't think he's sitting at home like I can't believe that we lost to Louisville. Like what mm-hmm. you know he said even before that match this is the best Louisville team that we've played since I've been at Kentucky and and mm-hmm. you know that's the highest ranking that program's ever had number five and, and mm-hmm. volleyball in Kentucky is is as good as it's ever been right now with WKU and Louisville and Kentucky all being ranked in the AP poll and being as high as they have been. So um, no, I I don't think Craig is surprised. I think Craig's always been um, a very level-headed coach. And I think he he does a a nice job of of remaining kind of calm and neutral on the floor. Um, And I think that's why you see a lot of his players kind of take on that mentality when they're playing. Um, It's why you see a freshman setter and Emma Grome not get rattled because her coach, when she looks to the sideline, is just kind of sitting there like you got it next point, next play. Mm. Um, So I I think it's expected. And I think, you know, I think you probably have the same mentality that I mentioned earlier, just that, you know, look, we're six and three, but you know, while I don't want to lose, you know, you've pushed Louisville to five and they're the fifth ranked team in the country and you pushed Wisconsin to four on the road. And, and so I think there's a lot of positives that he and the staff are, are looking at right now.
0: Absolutely. So always, man, appreciate your, your, your volleyball knowledge. You, you know, brag on you to, you know, the, the people out in California, we were telling you got to have Hunter on your podcast. <laughs> you know, you gotta, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I always appreciate all the knowledge that you bring, man. Um, before we switch over to football and basketball, I got to tell you about the sponsor for the podcast. I see you got a a, a watch. You got a wristwatch on right now. Uh, La Terrain watches, sponsors this podcast, and – you know whether you want to be casual you want to be dressy you got you know some kind of event you got to go to you know if you're going to be shooting sean's wedding next year you know get you a nice time piece uh, l-a-t-o-u-r-a-i-n-e.com dave and ben have been sponsoring this podcast for from day one uh tony duck walter mccarty uk players endorsed their watches so you want to get accessories they got stuff for men they got stuff for women go in there and check them out You can go on the website and chat and the owner himself will respond back to you so you know you get the actual good information that you want for any questions that you have so lots of rain we always uh, appreciate everything they do for the podcast so go check them out and tell them you heard about them on the believe in kentucky podcast um football we got you know a lot of excitement a lot of optimism will levis was eating bananas whole uh, getting (laughs) national (laughs) recognition for that uh, transferring in from Penn State and just taking over the leadership role of the team. What were your expectations of what you saw? We knew this Missouri game was a big test to hopefully be 4 and 0 before you play your gauntlet portion with the Florida LSU Georgia part of the schedule. Your thoughts so far on, on what we've seen on the gridiron?
1: I think he was a breath of fresh air. I think this kind of fan base just really wanted kind of the change in the offensive scheming, right? We've seen the run game for how many years, the Wildcat for how many years? And I think so to kind of see this air raid offense and and see long balls being launched on the field, it's kind of like, what is happening, right? Um, I was texting Keely again, the photographer for for Sean and it was kinda like, Well, how are you shooting? Like it's just different. You're not you're not photographing running backs as much anymore. Like now you're having to photograph Will Levis throwing the ball more. Um and I even I even teased her the other night. I was like, Where's all the all the throwing picks, Keeley? I have seen one picture of Will Levis throwing the ball and She's like, Shut up, hunter, I gotta get used to it. So I think it's kind of a fun thing, um, that we're getting to see kind of this new way that Kentucky is attacking opposing defenses. Um I think he's been great. I mean, I I think that, you know, when you look at the product he's placed on the field, I mean, he's right there with the best of them. I mean, he's keeping Kentucky in a lot of these games. And and I think think they've got a really nice quarterback to go into an SEC where there are a lot of, I think, high expectations for what this program might be able to do this year.
0: Yeah. And you could argue that, you know, the football team utilized the transfer portal just as good as, we think cal has on the basketball side yeah will levis Um uh, Quest jones makes a key interception to start the second half you wandel know, robinson um and these guys are all out there contributing <laughs> making key plays to beat missouri who was a lot of you know, a lot of people were picking them over kentucky in the east or at least it was evenly matched and you know it turned out to be evenly matched you know due to kentucky kind of letting them back in but you, you see the dividends of the, the transfers coming in and, and making plays right off the bat. So you've know, got to tip your cap for, for selecting the players going through and picking who would be a fit for your program, and so far so good.
1: Yeah, and I think that's just kind of the era of, of where college sports is going in general. I mean, obviously basketball, like you mentioned, football, even volleyball this year had moments where a lot of, of big players transferred to other big programs. I mean, Avery Skinner, who played for Kentucky, won a title, was an All-American, transferring to Baylor now, and, and Baylor is, is nationally ranked, and they've got another outside hitter who is just as elite as Avery Skinner, and, and so we saw a lot of that, and so I, I think that's kind of that that new age of college sports right now where you know the transfer rule coming in kind of changed a lot of stuff. And it's kind of either you embrace it and you roll with it and you utilize it, or you're left behind the dust and, and you're going to get punished for it. Um, and I've said many times that I think Cal, his, his his use of the transfer portal and how hard he hit that this offseason was just as important as what he's done in, in terms of the recruiting trail to get incoming talent. Um, I mean, just the fact that he went out and got these pieces from other programs that – may not have had you know the, the name attached to their jersey like a Kentucky or a Duke, um, but are still just as talented and can play for this program. I think it's an important part of what coaches are gonna have to adjust and adapt to moving forward in college athletics.
0: You either, like you said, embrace it or get left behind or yeah. retire like Roy Williams and say, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to fool with this, I'm out. Yeah. he <laughs> <laughs> so saw the change and he's like, no, go ahead, Hubert Davis here, you, you can have it. <laughs> But, yeah, like, um, you know, we, we've we talked all summer waiting, you know, for, you know, the C.J. Fredericks, to Kellen Grady, um, the same thing. You could argue they haven't played yet, but you can – we pretty much know we're not going to see 9-16 and 16 again this year.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There's if you be- think that, for- then you're going to be in for, a, a I think, a pleasant surprise.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So – uh, you know, Severe Wheeler, all those guys, you know, <laughs> Severe Wheeler was beating us <laughs> at Georgia last year. And now he's mm-hmm. you know, going to be you know, <laughs> running the show with him and Tata Washington. So, yeah, this is uh, exciting times for sure. And it is. It's just the way of the world. And there is those that resist way before our time. You know, people talk about coaches that were hesitant and bristled against the three-point shot. So it's, it's. Yep. yeah it's in the same and thing. And look at
1: it now. Now the Houston Rockets are here shooting 43s a game. So you <laughs> better get with it. You That's better right. get with it.
0: Exactly, exactly. So it's just the way it is, man. Um, what can we look to see for you coming up next from Go Big Blue Country? You know, you mentioned the Stanford match on Sunday, where you, you got a, another article that you got up your sleeve or what you got coming down the pipe?
1: Yeah. So obviously I'm still covering the team on a, on a game by game basis. So I'll still be, you know, writing and, and putting up game gamers, stuff like that. Um, I always try and do at least one feature story during the season. This year I did it before. So that was kind of new, but the one during the season is probably still going to happen. Um, I'm not fully confident on who it's going to be about and where it's going to go. Um, you know, I, I really like the idea of telling some of these stories of the freshmen and, and you know, what they're bringing to the program and, you know, Again, this is a talented class that's going to be here for the next, you know, four years. So I think it's important to, you know, tell their stories and and allow fans to get to know them. And I think now that, again, Kentucky winning that title, that really helped that audience, right? There's more of a hunger for that now. We're getting uh, people wanting to know, like, what this volleyball team's about, what this sport's about. Um and so getting to tell those stories is something that I've always really loved doing. It's kind of a fun challenge getting to kind of flex my writing muscles every now and then because I was a broadcast journalist major. So um I did do writing, but most of my stuff was, you know, radio or, or on television or, you know, packages, stuff like that. But I've always loved to write. Um it's always been something that I've kind of looked forward to and thought of it as a little puzzle. Um, so I think there's definitely gonna be more of that and and there might be an anniversary story once the, the the title date comes around. I've been thinking about maybe doing a, a walk down memory lane of how that title was won and. and you know a look back at that that really cool tournament run i've, I've watched those games over since that that run um just for fun and, and kind of relived you know not now that you don't have to worry about the stress of do they win or not now i can go back and watch them you know lose that first set to texas and go wow oh, well you got another thing coming there's a big storm coming your way longhorns um so it's gonna be you know i think that might be something that i i possibly would, um go down once once the time comes for it. But yeah, a lot of a lot of fun stuff coming. This program just keeps getting bigger and keeps growing. So um I mean, I think that there's gonna be a lot of really exciting stuff, both from me but also just in general from you know what Kentucky volleyball is all about going forward.
0: Absolutely. Now I'm forgive me, I'm blanking on the assistant's name. I had we had Coach Anders, Anders on this
1: podcast. Anders Nelson. The Carly Kramer is another assistant coach for them.
0: Carly, Carly, that's Carly Kramer what, yeah. Oh I know she went to Purdue. Did you get to talk to her or get a sense of how she was feeling having to go through her alma mater to win a title? I mean, was it leaving a little more extra something, something as far as she was concerned?
1: (laughs) I haven't gotten to talk to her yet. Um, I'm sure the fact that she got to do something as a coach was a little bit more special because, you know, once you kind of of get out of that and, and get to actually, you know, Go is someone where you're leading other people. I think it's kind of really cool. Um, I did talk to Selma Rockwell, who was a Penn State graduate, but then was an assistant coach for for Texas, um, and now she's calling games for ESPN. She called that Texas game for Kentucky, um, that title game, um, and so you know that that was kind of a funny thing to get to hear her, you know, kind of talk about how great Kentucky was and. She'll be the first to tell you the, the caliber of that match. It wasn't like Texas played poorly. Texas hit about 300, which for any team, if you hit above 300 in volleyball, you're like, holy cow, we definitely won that game. And like that match was such a high – Caliber match, just two teams absolutely going at it. That you know, it was one of those things where it was just like, regardless of who wins, this is a fun two hours of volleyball. So um, it was funny to hear her kind of perspective, is is having to put her loyalties aside to to really kind of analyze that game and and you know kind of break it down for me. But yeah, it, it it's been funny kind of getting to talk to them about that kind of stuff.
0: Because that that Logan girl that had the T in her Logan
1: Eggleston. Oh yeah.
0: my god, she was she had me nervous. He so is like,
1: unreal. And she is back again. Texas, if you ask me, my favorite this year is Texas. They got everybody back. And mm. as good as that team was last year, they're all seniors and they're ready for revenge this year. So I expect big things out of the Longhorns this year. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that when they get to the SEC in a couple of years, the matchups between Texas and Kentucky and even Texas and Florida in the Ooh. sec in volleyball we we're obviously we're thinking about football and basketball and rightfully so those are the the big money makers but yeah. do not count out volleyball the sec is in in store for some incredible series if, if that title game is any indication we're going to get some absolute bloodbaths between kentucky and texas in this volleyball world in a couple of years and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch
0: yeah and then by then you might be uh, able to go to Austin when it's out there, yeah. and we be going to tell you nothing if you're covering a game. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, that's for sure. Oh, I okay. have one more little, one more little thing, too. Oh, yeah. Now that you're, you know, you moved on to Go Big Blue Country, and we've loved our time with Karen Mills, but do you, you still find yourself watching 80s movies on your own, or do you now have more time on your hands, or...? <laughs>
1: I've had so much joy in having an extra three hours every week. You have no idea. Like, I don't have to stress about where the heck am I going to find this movie to watch? Like, what illegal website do I have to find on the internet? Or or what service do I have to pay for to actually watch one of these Terminator movies or something? Like, it, it, it's been so freeing. There has been a little bit of an itch to watch some of the ones that... It had sequels, but I didn't actually watch ever. um I still never saw Mission Impossible. That we never got to that. I, I kept trying to get them to pick that one for me. They never did. It was on the list, but I never got to it. So there's, it, it's gonna come up. But it, it, I think I have one of those. Like it's like if you go to McDonald's every day for forty days, that guy who did that. I'm sure he hasn't eaten McDonald's in in twenty years. It's kind of like one of those for me. Like I don't want to see another '80s movie for another. 10 years and I'll be fine so you know give me a little bit of distance and then I'll be happy to go back and revisit it and it's funny when we were talking about you know when we ended the show there was always this possibility of we have a podcast maybe later on in life and, and could we ever start it back up again and and it was, yeah, but we got to cut the movies out. Hunter can't take it anymore. And they were like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. That's my most popular segment, Hunter. You, you have to. You're like contractually obliged at this point now to do those those movies. So I don't think I'm going to get out of that anytime soon. But it's nice to have a little bit of a hiatus now.
0: <laughs> yeah, and now that you, you said something, I didn't even know you had to even go find the movies on your own i thought they at least gave you a, a video. no that
1: was half the battle no that was half the battle was figuring out where in the world i'm gonna find terminator one because it's it's not streamed on netflix because it's 1940s you know it's it's crazy like a mighty win, that movie that came out in the freaking 60s who the heck has that on the streaming service nobody so that was a, a chore to find so um yeah that, that that's why it was three hours and not two because i had to spend the first hour trying to find it and, and prep myself for what i was getting ready to do so <laughs> it's
0: messed up how they done you man it's up. i know
1: it's messed up treatment it's messed up treatment
0: <laughs> man hunter this has been a blast and we enjoy all your coverage all your knowledge all your photography your writing all the work you're doing now at go big blue country so we look forward to more good stuff down the road we know you Definitely, we'll, we'll keep it coming and keep everybody informed on the volleyball and all the other sports, too. Like you like said, man, you've shooting them and writing about them. And, and congratulations on the move. And appreciate you taking time to hop on this episode of the podcast, man. I enjoyed it.
1: Absolutely. I always enjoy talking to you, Benny. And, and once NBA season starts, we got to get back together and, and commiserate as the Celtics fans and the Houston fans that we are. Because I have a feeling that neither one of us are going to be in store for big things this year. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, we, <laughs> Seeing what we're going to do with John Wall now. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be a struggle. Don't
1: worry. I got Dom, De- or, or I got Truder. So, I mean, we're, we are title bound now. I mean, come on. We are destined to be in the finals this year. Come on.
0: What a bargain. Only five million. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, yeah. he bit on himself and lost a lot of money. He and couldn't that-
1: win LeBron. He couldn't win with LeBron, but man, with Jason Tatum, he is just going to be, I mean, finals MVP. Finals MVP.
0: Hang that next banner, man.
1: That's it. Yeah. Go <laughs> ahead and put it up. Go ahead and
0: put it up. <laughs> man, thank you again, Hunter. And y'all check this That's out so wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Catchbox, wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends about it. And this episode will be up shortly. It's been another episode of Believe in Kentucky, presented by Bet Online. We'll see everybody next week.